Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Yes, it's you, Charles. Okay. Uh, Christopher has uh, stepped away. Uh, hello, everybody. Made it. It's, uh, there he is. I made it. I made it back. Not, not quite on time, time, but I did make it back. So uh, where where are we? We literally start just started. Over? We literally just started. Well, welcome to the Fox CFL podcast episode number 395. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and that was Charles Cliff that was taking over for me. Well, my computer shit the bed, and I had to reboot it. Is my mic sounding better now? Up and down. It's not bad. No. Not as bad as before. Not as bad as before. All of your mics are open, so if something really bad is not working or something, please tell me. Um, So it's not working well, so what do you want me to do? I got no monologue. I got nothing. Let's just talk football. Okay. Welcome to the show, Charles. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Wednesday already. Is it me or does the week seem to go by, like, quicker and quicker every week? I mean, now we're already back at Wednesday, so. Well, I I don't think it's the week. I think as you get older, Charles, the years fly by. Yeah, I remember being very young and summer took for fucking ever, and now where the hell did it go? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Yep. So as as you get older, the years go by faster, or what at least appears to be going faster. I don't believe mm-hmm. time changed the way that Albert Einstein thought it could, but um, yeah, it just uh, the appearance is that it's gone. So yes, yeah, the football yeah. season we're we're in what week twelve, thirteen, uh, yeah. and it's just like really seriously. Oh my God! Like it, it just feels like we were just in preseason, and now it's like we're going counting down to the Grey Cup. It's yep. like, wow, where did this season go to? What are we? We're, we're into week fourteen. Week fourteen. There's only eight in games. Yes, I know it takes twenty-one weeks to do that, but geez, where's the season gone? And and it, as a BC Lions fan, you, you just kind of want the season to be over with so that we can start over next year. So I'm kind of hoping for the off season right now. No, I'm not really. Well, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. So um, family day in Calgary this week coming up. Will, did you know that? This is family day. Who yeah, in your I'm family are you going to take to the to football game? Uh, nobody. Okay. But but my but one of my foremen is coming to the football game with his two kids and his girlfriend because their other kid is part of the Outriders cheerleaders for little kids. Okay, they have that on Family Day. They let little girls go in and pretend they're Outriders. So oh. that's why he wanted to come to the game. He's not coming to the game to watch the football game. He hates football. He's coming to watch his daughter cheer. So. Oh well, it is 
what it I is. I have a response to that. I, I don't either. I don't either. Okay. Well, who's your call? Hey, uh, so okay. how you doing, Will? I'm I'm looking in great anticipation to Saturday's football game. Between, Between Calgary and Hamilton. Hamilton and Calgary. Hamilton has the number one uh, record in the CFL right now. They are nine and two. Winnipeg is nine and three. That is correct. And Calgary is just going to stomp on Hamilton this weekend. Trust me. There's no doubt that Calgary is going to stomp on everybody for the rest of the year. This is the year of the horse. They're going to win the Grey Cup back to back. I said that at the beginning of the season. We'll see. Regardless of how wonderful those uh, Saskatchewan guys think they're on a a winning streak. Well, they didn't. They just, they're on a losing streak right now the last two games, right? One game. One One game? Did they not lose? Did they win the uh, the Labor Day Classic? Oh, they did. Okay. And then lost the Manchester Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's By right. one point or something on a walk-off field goal. Kind of like Montreal in the 2009 Grey Cup. Phil, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, you got me stirred up already, Christopher. It's <laughs> uh, my job, my friend. It's my job. I'm to do it. <laughs> You're right. This season is just flying by. I, 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 I start to, I don't know, I kind of. I wish we could make this season last longer. Every year, right after Labor Day or the Banjo Bowl, it's about this time I go, oh, my gosh, we, we're running out of football. And, but the truth is the football is just getting more exciting. It's going to get better from here on in and pretty stressful from it's, here on in. It's been pretty shitty up to this point, so I'm kind of hoping that it does get better. You know, I think the games have been a bit better the last couple of weeks. Well, for BC, they definitely think, have been. I think you're yeah. right, Charles. But overall, I think the the uh, it's improved. Okay, so what do we do? What do we talk about? We're going to talk some football. So we got three games, only three games this week. It's how how is that possible? It's just like not fair. Um, it's bad enough that the season is so short that we actually have weeks short. But we have the Ottawa Red Bulls coming into BC to play the the Lions on a Friday night. Should be a good game. Eastern team coming in, playing 7 o'clock at night. That really is 10 p.m. for their team. And uh, play till 1 o'clock in the morning. Is that BC advantage? Of course it is. Anybody, any person who says it is not is foolish. Why is my pen not working? There it is. Okay. So the first game up is uh, Ottawa, BC. Um, Charles, you're first on the list. How are you going to call this one? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The, uh, the worst bad, the worst playing worse. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the bottom feeders of the league. It's, uh, I think I heard someone the other day refer to it as the toilet bowl. By the way, that joke's not funny anymore because it's been used to death. We get well, the it. toilet bowl is really something in Saskatchewan because their stadium looks like a That's what their stadium looks like. Yeah. But yeah. I digress. Uh, okay, so 
I'm going to be honest here, though. Uh, over the last three to four weeks, the Lions, even though they haven't won, well, neither the Red Blacks, they've been playing better football than the Red Blacks. They've been. They, the Lions, for the most part, have been pretty close in most of their games in the last recent memory. And I cannot say the same for the Ottawa Red Blacks. They, they've been a disaster. They don't have a quarterback. No matter who they play, they get no offensive um, production, um, whether it's Jennings, whether it's uh, Dominic Davis. It doesn't matter. Their defense isn't stopping anybody. The Lions' defense, uh, I think, has improved since they brought back guys like Sean Lemon and since they brought back David Menard. Um, I saw a big improvement in their offensive line last week. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the uh, Kelly Bates effect taking over yet, but only two sacks last week when the previous two games they had given up seven in each game. So that's a marked improvement. So I would say that you can say that the Lions are somewhat on the rise. I mean, not quickly or anything. They're not going to the playoffs or anything, but they're at least showing signs of improvement. The Ottawa Red Blacks are showing signs of declining. Um, this team is a mess. Uh, I remember everyone was high on them after the first couple of weeks, and they had uh, the back-to-back wins, and they beat Calgary in Calgary, and people were saying, um, well, this team's not going to be as bad as a lot of people think they are. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, <laughs> They might be worse than most people thought, but these guys can't win. Uh, I just can't see them winning many games, to be perfectly honest, down the stretch, because they're a team that just looks like a disaster on both sides of the ball. While the Lions aren't there yet, but they're at least going in the right direction, and this is why I'm picking them. I'm not just picking them to be a homer. I legitimately think they're going to win this game, because I think this is a, a the Red Blacks, to me, are the worst team in the league right now. They're certainly playing the worst. So I'm going to um, pick the Lions to pull this one out, and I legitimately think they're going to win. Uh, it's not just a homer pick for me this week. So um, I'm going to take the Lions, and I'm going to take them to win it. Uh, let's step on them a little bit. I'm going to say Lions uh, 31, Ottawa 14. Okay, that's for BC. Now, uh, since uh, we we got everybody here, I forgot to tell you what Mark's score. Mark's not here tonight for whatever reason. He's just a pussy over in Winnipeg again. I guess he's going to get up in the morning, Um, like we don't all. Uh, BC 28, Ottawa 11. So uh, he's basically calling almost the same score that you're calling, but three points lower on both sides. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So Mark's calling for the same kind of stomp that you are. Uh, William, so you're picking the Ottawa Red Blacks on this game, are you? Well. Please. You know, you're putting lots of pressure on me here because I'm trying <laughs> to catch some people. And I can't. And I can't honestly think Ottawa's going to win this game. And. All I know, guys, is is you think you think that people are nasty to the BC Lions now, okay? If they lose to Ottawa with Jonathan oh, Jennings as the starting quarterback, like the computer, those sites are gonna blow, and I'm talking blow up, 
okay? People are going to be throwing their tickets at the BC Lions. So. Justifiably. So I think I, I would like to see that because that would be pretty funny. Um, but uh, just just to show you that I'm an encouraging fellow, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you do you guys a favor, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty eight to twenty five for the Ottawa Red Blacks. All right, BC's gonna win. I'm honestly glad that Will did that because every time he picks the Lions, <laughs> they lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Charles, every time anybody picked the Lions this year, they lost. Well, that's okay. a fair comment. Fair enough. Okay. So Mark's 28-11 to 11 takes us right to Phil. Phil, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Oh, John Jennings makes his return to BC Play Stadium. I agree with Will. That would be the end of the world if uh, Ottawa were to walk away with a win. But, you know, <laughs> after the Red Blacks got blown out by that powerhouse Toronto Argonauts at home last week, I just don't see them going on the road and, and doing much in B.C. Um, I, I agree with Charles. We witnessed an, an improving B.C. Lions offensive line. And... Uh, but, you know, the two sacks they gave up last week, uh, is, we've made kind of a big thing about it, but just doing some double-checking, uh, Montreal had only uh, achieved 1.3 sacks per game going in, so you could say that BC was 50% worse than the rest of the league on the O-line last week, too. That's another way of looking at it. But I've, I've been caught picking the Lions too often this season, in fact, uh, although I didn't pick them last week, fortunately. But I am going to pick them this week. I got BC 26, Ottawa 18. 26, 18 for BC. Oh, my good Lord. Uh, you know what? I don't believe the BC Lions have the ability to generate that much offense. And I hate to say this, and, and I don't know why. why. I have a question. Why is... Deron Carter being targeted more than Brian Burnham. I, I don't understand that. Someone else brought that up today, and I, I, I went back and looked at it. I'm like, oh, my God, he is. I, I don't understand that either. Yeah, it just, I just don't understand. He, he's done nothing. How do, you know, how do you know Burnham is not being double teamed? And that's, that's really good to Deron Carter. Well, yeah, because nobody's sure covering he is. Carter because he's not going to catch the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's correct. So, anyhow, so I'm going to pick the BC Lions because I could not, in any good conscience, pick any other team. I did that against Winnipeg because I knew they were going to get beat. But that's beside the point. Um, I'm going to pick BC, but I'm going to go 21-14. I'm going low on this one. I don't think the BC Lions can generate that off much offense, and we know Ottawa cannot. And you know what? I'm going to change that 14 to 9. It's 21 to 9 is what I'm going to take here. It's a low-scoring game. Okay. Wow. That was hard. The next game, not so hard to pick. 
you got the number one team in the CFL, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They have the best record, bar none. Actually, that's not really true, bar none. They've got the same amount of wins, which was nine wins, as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But three games where the Ticats have only lost two. So the Ticats have another game to lose. So that may just be this week. Who knows? Winnipeg's on the bye. Hamilton is not. So at the end of this week, they will have the same amount of games played. One of them, or not, I guess they, if Hamilton loses, they're both going to have the same score, 9-3. and three. If Hamilton wins, they're going to be 10-2. and two. Okay, so uh, Hamilton is traveling west to Calgary to play the Stampeders. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. Calgary is probably one of the hottest teams in the CFL right now. I know that the Ryder fans keep wanting to say that their team is the hottest team in the CFL. I don't believe they are because I don't believe they're a dominant force. The Calgary Stampeders are a dominant force. They always have been. They just got a little slow coming out of the gate. They lost their QB for a little while, and that actually did make a difference, much to my chagrin. Uh, I'm not going to say that Bolivar Mitchell is this wonder child, but um, he does make the Stampeders a better team. And that's simply fact. No one can deny that. So let's move on to this Calgary Stampeders game. And uh, Mark is picking Calgary 27-18. Charles, you're first. Uh, I think that the Tiger Cats, and we're going to talk a little bit about them later, but they're 9-2. and two. They have the best record in the CFL. They're not the best team in the CFL. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm, there, I, there's no way I call them that. Um, they're 9-2 and two against uh, a lot of Eastern teams in that, including a couple games against Toronto. Um, they played Ottawa. They played Montreal when Montreal was not playing well. So, yeah, they're nine and two. They've been able to get through one of the games was against the Lions. I'm sorry, the Lions are not a tough beat this year. So while they're nine and two, they have not really played the top talent in the CFL. And now they're coming into that. And I'm sorry, they've got a better record, but the Ticats are not a better team than the Stampeders, especially when Bo Levi Mitchell's playing. This one's going to, uh, I think, uh, get a little out of hand here. I still think while the Ticats have uh, a good defense, a very good defense, they're still not a spectacular offensive team with uh, Dane Evans as quarterback. Um, They might be good to beat the lesser teams, but a team like Calgary, I think, is going to expose them a little bit more. I think Calgary wins this one. Um, I think they probably win in double digits. Calgary's starting to roll, by the way, if you haven't noticed, and that's a, a scary thing. They're they're really ramping it up. Uh, they won the back-to-back games against the Eskimos and beat them soundly in both games. Uh, they're starting to catch fire, and they, they might even end up catching uh, Winnipeg at the top of the uh, – the West and overtaking them first place, depending on how things go down the stretch. But I think they're winning this one, and I think they're winning it in pretty convincing fashion. 
I'm uh, going to call this one 35 for Calgary and uh, 18 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Okay. And that's for Calgary. Will, mm-hmm. who are you going to pick? Well, you know, I was listening to Charles, and I do disagree with you because they have played some good teams. As a matter of fact, what I think makes them the number one team in the CFL with the best record is that they beat they beat Winnipeg already. So, um, so in my mind, they are the true number one team. Um, I, I don't. And if if they were playing anybody but Calgary, I would pick Hamilton to be honest with you. But they're not. They're playing Calgary, and you know I've been listening to lots of interviews this week. And the Calgary players are saying all the right things. And I do believe that these guys have put the gas pedal down and they're going to do some amazing things in the next five or six weeks. It's just my thoughts. I don't know if it'll come true. They say they're going to. And you know what? I have no problem with people saying that they're going to. Let's see if they can. And it's going to be an interesting six weeks because, like I mentioned earlier, I think Calgary has to run the board if they're going to if they're going to win first place in the West. So is, so is first means, place in the West important? Um, yeah, I they, think it is. I think it they've helps. been first place. They've been first place in the West just about every year in the last decade. And how many Grey Cups have they come away with? Uh, coming in first doesn't isn't really good for BC or isn't really good for Calgary. Sure it is, because they still had to win the West Final to get to the Grey Cup, and they've won they the do. West Final, and they've won the West Final in Calgary every year. So, um, I don't want to go to Winnipeg in November and play football. Okay, because. It could be brutal. So that's all I'm thinking about. And I don't want to go into into Winnipeg Stadium because I was I was actually talking to my best friend yesterday and he was at the game the other day, the Banjo Bowl in in Winnipeg and he said he's never and he's been a season ticket guy for like ten or fifteen years, he says he's never ever heard it that loud. He said it was insane. He said the whole building was vibrating. So I don't, I don't necessarily want to go to Winnipeg to play the West Final. Just saying. So, um, oh, this is a difficult one. I, I do believe the Stampeders will win. They did play Hamilton once earlier this year, and they lost by seven points. And Two of those touchdowns that Hamilton scored were special teams touchdowns. Um, so I am going to go Calgary 27, um, Hamilton 14. You guys are picking on Mark's score here. 27. For Calgary, Phil, you're up next. Well, this is uh, 
without a doubt, this is the game of the week, guys. Um, Hamilton is about the only team in the league right now, outside of maybe the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that I think can come into Calgary and win a game. And it's really going to come down to can they get to Bo Levi Mitchell? Are they going to be the only team to be able to sack them? Hamilton leads, I think they lead the league with with three sacks per game average. Uh, maybe Winnipeg's right in there too. Um, but if they can get to Bo Levi, they, they could create some trouble. The other thing is Hamilton needs to be able to run the ball. They've run the ball fairly successfully this season. Where, where Calgary really has and has not. Um, and Calgary has proven to be tough to run the ball against, and that's going to work against Hamilton too. And as I keep saying, Calgary is the team that scares me the most right now, and, and, and I think they should be the, in the top or second position in any, any power ranking. So I'm going to take Calgary 26, Hamilton 22, and I believe it's going to be a very entertaining game. Wow, should I go off the grid and take Hamilton? Just as nobody else did. I have no hope of winning. I am going to pick this one. Hamilton 21, Calgary 20. Doesn't really matter because I'm the only one picking Hamilton. Not that I believe it. It's just that nobody else is doing it. And I have no idea what the score is going to be, so we just make this shit up anyhow. Okay. Uh, last game, because there's only three games this week, is Montreal into Regina. Now, Montreal has been a hot team as of late. They have been winning a lot of games. Uh, well, yeah, but they, they play BC, okay? They barely beat BC. And uh, actually, BC should have won that game last week. Um, and uh, who else have they beaten? They beat Toronto. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a, that's definitely... Oh, they beat Calgary. Hmm. And then they got beat by the Riders. So they're in a three-game winning streak right now after a massive losing streak. And they're going in to play... Ooh... Charles. Oh, let's go, Mark. Mark is picking Montreal 23-19. Charles, what you going to do? <sighs> this one's a bit of a tougher one, I think. Um, well, you got the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders here. Um, coming off the loss to Winnipeg in the Banjo Bowl. And you've got the Montreal Alouettes, who have really been on a roll as of late. Um but they haven't beat anybody they, interesting. They have, well, they beat Calgary. In Calgary. Yes, okay. That interesting. I'll give you that. One out yeah. of three. True, but that's a, a good one. And uh, hey, you beat who the schedule throws at you. So, uh, Vernon Adams has played very well lately. Wasn't as good last week against BC, but he didn't need to be the Montreal defense stepped up. They've got a very good defense, I think Montreal does. Uh, their offense is really getting better, and they um, just added a piece in Montreal there. Um, 
Okay, I'm drawing a blank. They just signed a significant receiver too. Who was it? It was um Chris Matthews. Chris Thank Matthews. you, Chris Matthews. Um haven't heard for sure if he's going to play this week, but if he does, that gives um Vernon Adams uh more uh, just another weapon. Uh Saskatchewan didn't look good last week at all. The the uh the defense was not Stopping Winnipeg, even with the backup quarterback, Chris Traveler was giving them fits all game. And the offense never got into a rhythm. And that's the first time I can say in quite some time that the Riders' offense had really looked uh, really poor in this one. Uh, But when it comes right down to it, I think the Riders coming off the Banjo Bowl loss, they want to bounce back. They want to keep pace with the rest of the – with the rest of the Western Division, they uh, they're they're falling behind four points behind Winnipeg. They've got um, Calgary nipping at their heels, so they need this one. I think uh, probably more than Montreal. Montreal, unless some sort of weird tailspin happens, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to finish second at worst. So I think this is one that Saskatchewan really wants, they really need, and I think this is one they're going to get. I think it's going to be a close, entertaining game, but I'm going to go 28-24 for the Riders in this one. 28-24 for Saskatchewan. Correct. Okay. So that's one and one. Montreal, Mark has, and Charles Scott Saskatchewan. Will, what are you going to do here? You're going to pick your Montreal guys, aren't you? Because well, that's what you do. I never pick Saskatchewan. But, well, you know, Saskatchewan has a good defense. And we haven't seen what the Vag is going to do against a good defense. He could be pretty tight this week. Um, up tight, I mean. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? This is a This is a hard game to pick. It really is because... I don't think Saskatchewan is good is as good as people think they are, and I don't think Montreal is as good as people think they are, and and I think this is I think these two teams are pretty even. Um, and you know I'll never pick Saskatchewan, so I am gonna go. Uh, what the hell? Let's yeah. screw with. Let's screw with Mark. I'm going to go 21-19 Montreal. Hmm. Phil, I have to assume that you're going to be taking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in this uh, one, are you? Well, I'll tell you what. Teams with significant pass rush have given the Riders some problems this season. If it is one thing Montreal doesn't have, it's the significant pass rush, uh, particularly from the D-line. That said, I, I expect Fajardo to, to throw a couple picks into that stud secondary that the Owls have. And then I look at it a little further, and I know the weather sounds like it's going to be nice, and harvest is starting to wrap up in the southeast and the southwest part of Saskatchewan. So I expect it to be a very good crowd. And it's going to be loud. So I've got the riders 25 to 22. And there you go. That even included a crop report for you. 
25 to 22 for Saskatchewan. CJ, what the hell are you going to do? I don't know. Does it matter? Not really. Oh, God. In yeah, order gonna... to win this, CJ, CJ, in order to win this, you got to run the table this year and next year, okay? Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. There's not a hope, hope and freaking hell of me winning this, okay? We, we just know this. Um, I, I'm going to pick Montreal. Uh, yeah, because I don't really like Saskatchewan. And I think the two teams are very even, and I don't think that there's, this is going to be more of a coin toss than it is anything else. And uh, my coin to- toss is a little biased. So I'm going to pick Montreal. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a headbanger here. Um, we're going to be looking, scratching our heads at the end of this one. I want to go low, but I don't want to go below 20 for Montreal. So with Will at 21, Mark at 23, I'm going to take Montreal 28 to 18. 28 to 18. I, I have no faith in those numbers at all. Zero, okay? Zero faith in those numbers. But that's it. That's what we're going to do this week. And uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Let's bounce over to the agenda that Charles so wittily put together. Why is my printer doing weird shit? I guess maybe I should change the black cartridge. Okay. Um so, segment four, which is usually a football game, is now not. Uh, despite having the best record in the CFL, are the Ticats not getting enough respect? No, I don't think so. I think they're getting the respect that they're, they're due. We're giving them the benefit of the best record in the CFL, but we also know that they've lost their number one quarterback, and... That does mean something in this league. That you're, and Dane Evans isn't playing uh, amazing. He's not playing poorly, but he's not playing amazing. So, uh, yeah, no, why would they get respect? Yes, they got the best record. So what? Let's just move on and deal with it. Um, Phil, what's your call on this? Are, are Hamilton as good as they, they the record says, or... Are they just looking, oh, wow, we're, we're just playing Eastern teams, but they beat some Western teams, but mostly BC. Um, Dane Evans, the quarterback of the future. What's going on? What's going on in Hamilton? Jeremiah Mazzoli's a free agent this year. Is that going to make a difference if Dane Evans just keeps winning? Big questions coming at you. Well, that last question's a tough one to answer. Uh, you'd have to look right inside the Ticats organization, right to the top, to find out what the answer to that would be. I don't want to comment on that one too much or speculate because it's, uh, it's probably beyond what I, what I can even imagine, let alone talk about. As far as the Ticats being for real, I really believe they are. Their defense is as good as I've ever seen in this league. And I think they're... they're Passes uh, defended per game is like four and a half passes defended per game, and I don't remember that ever that number ever being above four in the CFL before. Uh, not not in recent memory anyway. Uh, not since I started tracking this stat at all. Um, 
And, and that's another reason why I think that they're also going to give Calgary a real good game here this weekend. And and just bottom line is, yes, the Ticats are real. They're winning games with Dane Evans. And I think we can look for them to be in the great country. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot. But uh, do you think Dane Evans is that good? Do you think he's a franchise quarterback? You you see, we've seen him what three, four games now. Is it a bit more? It's a little more, about half a dozen now. Half a dozen but, now, uh, and he, he seems to be doing pretty good at nine and two for the team for the year. If you remember a few weeks back, I, I spoke very, very highly of him. Um, he's had some slips since then, and and maybe backpedaled a little bit in in some aspects, but. Uh, he is definitely a bona fide CFL quarterback. He will be around for a while, I believe. Okay. Well, what do you say to that? William, William, can you follow up? What's your yes. What's your take on Dane Evans? Do you think he's going to replace Jeremiah Mazzoli? You, 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 you know, we've always said you never lose your space to, to injury, but we also know that that does happen. Yeah, well, as far as that goes, we'll have to wait and see how many games Dane Evans wins because, you know what, he's got the rest of the season to prove himself because Jeremiah Mazzoli is not coming back. So No, he's not. Um, and, I mean, Jeremiah Mazzoli is a free agent next year anyways. And I would, would have assumed that if he had a good year this year, teams would have started throwing money at him, would start throwing money at him. And I still think they still might yet, but I, I think this was the season for Jeremiah Mazzoli to really prove himself. And he's not going to get that opportunity. So does if Dane Evans wins a bunch of games for them for the rest of the year, they go on, they win the Grey Cup, well, you got to sign Dane Evans if he's a free agent. There's no doubt about it. And maybe that means Jeremiah Mazzoli gets left by the wayside. Um, you know, because remember, Mazzoli was, not, Mazzoli was not Orlando Steinhauer's quarterback. He was, uh, he was uh, June Jones' quarterback. So maybe he wants to make a change there. You never know. Um, or, on the other hand, if Dane Evans shits the bed for the rest of the year, then, of course, you have to sign Mazzoli. So, I guess I guess it's all up to Dane Evans either way. Um, as far as Hamilton and are they for real, I, I don't think you can count. I don't think you can call any team for real when they play in the East. Um because the East just is not as good as or competitive as the West. So well, hang on, they they could play in the Eastern Division and absolutely and completely dominate the Western Division, and you'd have to that your statement would be wrong. That that's not happening right now. But no. you, you can't you can't generalize and say that they, just because they're an Eastern team they're going to be shit they, because they're not. I mean, their record yeah, is but, probably padded because they're playing Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa, which we well, all agree. Of course, record is padded, but I, I still don't think 
I still don't think you're as intense when you play in East in the East because you have some you have some let's face it but you have some gimme wins as opposed to the West where you have to be on your game all the time or you're going down the shitter. It's that simple. So, you know what I mean? There's at least, every year, there's at least two shitty teams in the East. Okay? And this year's, you know, Ottawa's on the downward trend. Toronto's on the upward trend, but they still have a shitty record. So, you know, I I don't know if they're for real or not. I'd like to think they were because they are. Um, and if they are, I would think they have to be the odds-on favorite to get to the Grey Cup. Unless Montreal gels more as a team and they just run over everybody. But that's, you know, we'll find that out before the end of the year, right? Are, are you going to throw a crossover team in there to find out whether or not they're actually going to make it through one of these years? Or are you just dismissing that outright? Um, well, but I, I think, I, no, no, I think the, go ahead. Well, at this point in time, that crossover team is Edmonton. We know that, right? But. Yeah. But it also could be Saskatchewan. Could could also be Calgary. Sure. And is right now. Saskatchewan, Calgary, Edmonton. Let's face it, as far as the record goes, they're not as good as Hamilton. As far as the record goes. But you've already stated that that, the Calgary Hamilton game is not a competition. Hamilton 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 has beat Calgary already once. Okay. I don't know if they've have they played Saskatchewan or, or or Edmonton this year yet? Hamilton is. I, I, I don't. I can't answer that question for you. No, I know. But Hamilton is four and one in their division. That means that they would be five and one in the West. Okay, so they are proving me wrong. But. Okay. But once again, the only team, let's face it, the only team, well, I can't say that either. I mean, they haven't played BC BC five times. So they've been beating other teams there too, right? You can't just pick on BC. Yeah, but how many times have they played BC twice or once? Uh, I think they played them twice. No, they they played them twice. Yeah, I think they played them twice. They beat the Lions 35-34 okay. in Hamilton and 13-10 here in BC. Yeah. Okay, so those games have been pretty close to a team that's only got one win. Okay. But, uh, and then my question would be, how many teams that have they played, have they had their starting quarterback in? Yeah, as in the opposing, the opposing team. And that's where I was going to go. Ottawa doesn't count because they don't have a starting quarterback. Right. So, okay. Well, well, Hamilton you know, did beat Saskatchewan. 
Okay. Yeah, but they that was the first game, right? Was, and they knocked yeah. out and they knocked out uh Calaris. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and then they beat Calgary in week 5. Who didn't have Bo Levi Mitchell? Who didn't have Bo Levi Mitchell? Then they beat Winnipeg in week 7. They had Matt Nichols, so who cares? Yeah. And they lost okay. to the Riders in week 8. Yep. Yes, and then they lost to the Riders. And so they're one and one, and then they beat BC by one point. And then they played Ottawa. Then they beat BC by three points. And then they beat Toronto. And then they went on. They that was a bye week, bye week. for them. And and, and here we are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so you know what? Their record is really bigger than it is. In my mind, well, they, yeah, they haven't. They they beat all th- everybody. They beat everybody in the West except Edmonton, and they haven't played Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What was that, Phil? Sorry, yeah, they beat Saskatchewan. Yeah, in week one, your mic's breaking up right now. Yeah, it was. They beat Saskatchewan yeah. in week one. Yes, they, lost they beat Calgary in week five. And they lost well. to Saskatchewan in week whatever. Okay. They beat Calgary without Bo Levi Mitchell. And they didn't beat him with their offense. They beat him with their special teams. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm going to say is a W. I, I believe a friend Absolutely. of mine, Will, once said that. Yes, yes. I agree with you. I agree with okay. you 100%. But now okay. we're coming into the games where the, where the rubber with the where the rubber hits the road, and where everybody is getting tanked up. Calgary's got Bo Levi Mitchell back. Saskatchewan has they've already beat them once, and they have a Fajardo that that has game experience now. Okay, and I guess they don't get to play BC anymore. Okay, no. so. <laughs> Let's see what happens, okay? Let's so, see what happens. Well, here, here we're going to find out where the Bears shit in the buck rush here because Hamilton play. This yeah. is Hamilton's schedule here. They play. Yeah. Uh, they play Calgary. They play Edmonton. Then they play Winnipeg, and then they play Edmonton. <laughs> then they get a bye, and then they play Ottawa. So they get you know week nineteen. And then they play Montreal, and then they're playing Toronto. So, you know, the next four games are tough, and the last three aren't so much. And three of the four are on the road, too. In Calgary, in Edmonton, in Winnipeg. The next three in a row, as a matter of fact, are on the road. Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you how confident Hamilton fans are. I have a, I have a sales rep that I deal with who lives in Hamilton and we always bet on the Calgary Hamilton games. And he phones me today and he says, you want to bet on the game on Saturday? I said, okay. I said, how many points are you going to give me? He says, Oh, I'll give you 12 points. And I'm like, what? Really? Okay. Let's do that then. <laughs> okay. Did you bet your so house? Pretty... No, no. We bet, we bet lunch whenever he comes to town. Okay, so giving you twelve points, I would have taken as much as I could. He gave me twelve points. 
He gave me 12 points. If he had said a million dollars, I might have said, okay, let's try that. Yeah, but, no shit. Yeah. Like, he gave me 12 points. And I even, I even said, hey, you don't have to give me that many. And he said, no, no, I'll give you 12 points. Like, okay. Wow. Two and a sounds, half, maybe. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I think he's trying to be nice to me because I don't know if you guys remember, was it last year or the year before the 60-burger game? Calgary yep. threw on to Calgary, on Hamilton. Yeah. Well, I bet him on that game, and I gave him 25 points. Okay? And you still won. And I still won. Wow. Anyways. Go ahead. You're breaking up, Bill. Yeah, I didn't hear a word you said, buddy. No, pull your mic out, talking to your phone. I don't know where Phil went, but he's not talking. Or we're not hearing what he's saying. Um, Charles. Yes. Phil went first, then was, then 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 it was uh that Will guy, and now it's you. What's your take on this? Are is Hamilton for real? Uh, to be fair, I'm not convinced. Um, I know they've got a good record. Um, but uh, I they just have beat Winnipeg. They have they beat Calgary. Beat they have beat they Saskatchewan. Beat Calgary without Bowley by Mitchell. Uh, they did beat Saskatchewan, fair enough, but they've also lost to Saskatchewan. Um, I think the next four weeks will really tell us if they're for real. I mean, if they come out of it three and one or maybe even uh, two and two, if they can go 500 over the next four weeks, then you could probably say, okay, these guys are still in that echelon. But if they go one and three or let's say they go off, lose all four, then, yeah, they're, they're not in the same class. Uh, it's easier to look better in the East. I, it really is. Um, and, and Phil sounded like he was very high on Dane Evans. I'm not convinced yet about Dane Evans. i got to see more from him. Uh, you know, teams are starting to get the book on him now, but um, I'm not really – got to see more before I'm really to um, just um, anoint him a uh, – a top-notch quarterback. I think he needs um, to show some more. He's had some good games. He, I remember the game here in BC. He didn't play particularly well. Uh, he played quite good against Toronto, but I mean, again, that's Toronto. They've only got two wins this year, so I don't know. I, I still got to see more from Hamilton. I've still got to see more from Dane Evans before I'm willing to buy either one of them. To be perfectly honest. Um, Again, in the East, you're playing teams that are not as good, um, especially when you can go out and beat Ottawa and beat Montreal, or not beat Ottawa, beat Toronto. Uh, Montreal is growing, but they split with Montreal this year. They beat them once and lost to them once. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sold on the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats yet. i got to see more from them. I'm not saying they're an awful team. I just don't know if they're top tier. 
I, I, I right now I do not put them in the same uh, category with Winnipeg or Saskatchewan or even Cal- or Calgary or even Saskatchewan for that matter. I got to see more from them before I'm convinced that they're a top echelon team. So if the Hamil- Calgary or Hamilton stand, uh, fuck me. If the Hamilton, Hamilton, I got this right that time, okay? Don't interrupt me. I'm on a roll. Hamilton Tiger Cats win this weekend. And the BC Lions win this weekend. Do you know what happens? Hamilton guarantees themselves a playoff position. Yep, that's right. Already? Mm Mm-hmm. In the East, of course, though. Well, of course, in the East. Granted, I mean, sure, that's it's impossible for them to get a playoff position in the West. True, but I mean, when you've got when the top two are guaranteed, and you've got bottom feeders like Toronto and Ottawa in your division, it's not that hard to be clinching playoff spots early, because there's a point where those teams are not going to come, and um, uh, they're not going to be a challenge. So really, you only have to be guarantee yourself a minimum of a second-place finish in the East. And if you've got two teams like that, I mean, that are just, they can't win, I mean, the the it, it raises it compared to a team, say, in the West, when you've got teams like Calgary, you've got teams like Saskatchewan and Edmonton and so on. It's a lot more difficult because you've got to be... Um, You've got more – well, first of all, you have more teams to beat out, and you've got better teams to beat out. So, sure, they may clinch the playoffs, but, but again, you're clinching in a four-team division. You've got to be top two, and the, the, but two of the four teams have only, I think, five wins between them, four wins between them. So it's not as daunting of a task as it typically sounds. So if if Winnipeg wins this weekend mm-hmm. and Ottawa loses, they would clinch a playoff spot as well. Right. But Winnipeg's not playing. True. So the news is about Hamilton and the fact that they could clinch a playoff spot this weekend. Mm-hmm. That they have to be a little real. Oh, I'm not saying they're a terrible team. I think they're uh, still a good team. I just don't put them in as a top-of-the-line team. I I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. Okay. Yeah. So they're a good team. So now um, let's go to the Western Division for a second. Um, Great team or good team, Winnipeg. To be honest, based on their defense uh, and what they can do on offense, I think they are a great team. Okay. I'm I'm okay with this. I'm not arguing with you. Calgary, good team? Calgary's a a great team, especially with Goldie by Mitchell back. Saskatchewan's a good team. A good team. Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, They're an okay team. I'd put them a notch below Saskatchewan. A notch below Saskatchewan. Compare them yes. to Hamilton for me. Hamilton's a better team than Edmonton. Okay. So right now, if Edmonton is a crossover team, 
they're going to lose in the uh, Eastern semifinal or Eastern Eastern final to Hamilton. I think that's entirely possible. Okay, so you're not expecting the crossover Edmonton Eskimos to cross over and defeat, win their way to the Grey Cup. I think they might be able to get through one week and beat Montreal in the semifinal, but I don't think they will go into Hamilton and beat Hamilton, no. Okay, that, I'm clarifying this, okay? Just trying mm-hmm. to figure out, wrap my head around it where we're going on this one. Okay, let's, let's, let's move on from this one because we have completely ran the table on it. Jordan Williams-Lambert has returned to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Can he be a difference maker? Okay. I, I'm going to have to plead ignorance. Who is this guy? Is he important? Uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert, he had been with the Riders. He was with the Riders last season. And he had actually, I think, a fairly big um, a big season. Um uh, Phil, you can help. If, if Phil's uh, phone is okay, he can help us out on it more. Phil, can you talk? Or are you still with us? I, I have Phil, there. Oh, he's muted. There Who he muted him? Not me. Uh, I'm. I, I dialed in again. Oh, that's it. Okay, you dialed in. Oh, okay. That's why you were muted. Okay. So there, yep. you're not muted anymore. You're here on online. Who is this uh, Jordan Williams Lambert? What position does he play? Was he that good? JWL. But got cut. But got cut. JWL is a wide receiver who led the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in yards and receptions during the 2018 season as a rookie. Okay. So this is an important piece that, that's come back to the Riders. Is he going to make a Is he a difference maker? Is he going to take them over the hump? Is he going to take them from a good team to a great team? He's a target that they can put out there on wide receiver, replacing any one of two that I have in mind, including uh, the old man from BC, who will actually be a threat and will draw double teams. He is the most physically gifted uh, player on the uh, wide receiver on the roster that the Riders will have right now. He won't be playing this weekend. They got to bring him up to speed on the playbook, get him out of that Chicago playbook, and and he and then they, through the bye week, uh, they're hoping he's going to stay in Regina and uh, be ready to go after that. Okay. He's explosive. He's big bodied. He's NFL type. Um, he's very Brian Burnham like. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty-eight pounds. Hmm. Sounds like me, except for the six foot three part. <laughs> and in uh, and in the two games he played Calgary last year, he they absolutely could not stop him. Yep. Okay. They couldn't stop him last year. Who was his quarterback? Was it uh, Zach Claris at that point in time? Well, it was Calgary that best game. Yep. Oh, now wait a minute though. You sure he didn't play on defense because Saskatchewan's offense didn't score any points last year? Oh, well, sorry. Defense uh, scored more. He had four touchdowns. Oh, he had all of the touchdowns for he, almost. Yeah, he had all the passing touchdowns last year for the Riders. Yeah. Now, now, did he? Didn't you sure he didn't have thirteen touchdowns? 
No, that's the, na- the that's the amount of players on the field in the 2009 Grey Cup. Oh, Jesus. I thought you were only allowed 12 players on the field. Anyway, we'll make it seem like 13. Uh, okay, sorry. A I, very I, good... uh, sorry. Here, I'll, I'll give I'll give Phil some credit. Having Lambert on the field is like having a 12th and a 13th player some games because he's that good. Yeah. He is a difference maker type receiver. So he's right up there in the same caliber as what? Deron Carter? Oh, please. Please. <laughs> Maybe when Carter was in his heyday, but not the Deron Carter of 2019. No. He doesn't not the make Deron plays. Car- yes, I, don't I know understand why that. <laughs> Neither do I. And of course, the big question for him is he going to have the NFL hangover? That's the one thing you see it a lot from guys. You see it a lot from guys that go down and have the tryout in the NFL, and then when they get cut, they come back and uh, and they can't not play the like for shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've seen it. Lot- Player after player. Time you know, again. Weston Dressler is one, one of the better examples that I remember. Who's that? Weston, Weston Dressler. Is, yeah. Yeah, speak, speaking of receivers, you know, who came back and uh, he, he, he I, I don't know, there was, there was different parts of his game. Weston Dressler is noted as being a, uh, a super team player, uh, a grinder, uh, a guy who would never step out of bounds, and uh, – after he came back from the NFL, we caught him doing that like three times. And he is one reason why he wasn't a high-priority re-signing for the Riders. And uh, and I, let's, I hope we don't see that out of JWL. And, uh, and I don't think we will because he still believes he's got a shot in the NFL. So he's, he wants to put up some good tape here where, where Weston knew that was his last shot and that he was going to be a CFLer for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. So there is that... He's he's the right age to to continue to excel. Okay. Yep. So I think we've talked enough about. Have we talked enough about him? Yeah, I think so. Anybody have anything further to add? Nope. Although I am surprised that Weston Dressler ever got a a tryout in the NFL because he is nowhere near the prototypical NFL midget. receiver. He's, he's a, yeah. Yeah, I it, it just blows my mind that that actually happened. But okay, so uh, the next one here is Rockstar QB Index. Adams Jr. climbs to new heights. Oh my God! Let's look at let's look at the new up to date QB rankings. Okay, so let's see where we are on this one. Wow, there's a lot happening here. Where did this come? Like CFL.ca. Yep. Sponsored okay. by Rockstar so, Energy Drink. We don't have to promote Rockstar Energy Drink on our show. Oh, okay. okay. I was just saying that's why it was called Rockstar QB Index. So. Ah, okay. So it's not about 
quarterbacks being a rock star. It's about their sponsorship and selling their soul. Correct. To get, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Just, just confirming that. Okay. Bo Levi Mitchell of the Calgary Stampeders. This week he is number one, and last week he was number one. Wow. BLM showed some rust in the second game back from injury, throwing three interceptions while averaging just 6.4 yards per attempt in a win over Edmonton. But Mitchell has plenty of time to heat up, and his return may just put the stamps in the driver's seat in the Western Division. Wow. Okay. So the bow is number one. Number two is Vernon Adams Jr. from Montreal, who this week is number two, and last week was number three. Hmm. At first glance, these numbers seem ordinary, but Badge has been effective both as a passer. I can't say that with a straight face. As a passer and a rusher. There's no doubt about it. In his first full-time role as starter, averaging 8.9 yards per throw, while totaling 10 touchdowns on the ground. Good luck to opposing defensive coordinators in the second half. Why are we talking about the second half of the season? We're well into the second half. Okay. Last third, the last third of the season. Okay. Uh, Trevor Harris, this week number three, last week number two. Does anybody actually believe Trevor Harris is in the upper echelons of quarterbacks in this league? Really? Numbers are nice, but the 6-6 six and six record are not so much as the slumping Eskimos continue to fall into the standings. An injury versus Calgary is the list obstacle for Trevor Harris, who had an MOP caliber season, other than his inability to finish off drives with touchdowns. Eskimo success is likely tied to Harris's health. Now, correct, but touchdowns are important in this league. And just getting a whole shitload of yards between the 20s doesn't mean fuck all. And the 6-6 six and six records of the Edmonton Eskimos proves that my theory here is correct. Besides that, Charles confirmed it, and that means it must be right because he's the authority. The who? Harris is not the number three quarterback in this league. Not sure the who the hell is, but... Okay, number four, and this week, number four, and last week, number four, is Cody Fajardo of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. One week after his biggest triumph, Cody took a step back in a blowout loss to the Bombers. Yeah, you can't beat Winnipeg without their quarterback and without their running back by one or two points and think that it's a big triumph. And then the next week he gets spanked. Yeah, I'm a little iffy on that one. Tough results, but it happens. The 27-year-old is still having a memorial, not a m- memorial, no, a memorable season, taking over the Riders' number one quarterback job while combining for 17 touchdowns and averaging 8.8 yards per attempt. Hmm. Okay, well, this one just scratches my head, although I think he should be higher, but I cannot justify him being on the list at all. Mike O'Reilly is in number five and was number five last week. Was a, he was fine against the Owls after competing 
completing 20 of 27 passes for 230 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. Best part, he was only sacked twice. It's been a tough season for Riley and the Lions, but all is not lost if they can figure out their protection issues in the coming months. What do you mean by it's all is not lost? They're one in 10. They can't make the playoffs. Mathematically, they can, but God knows we know that's not possible. Okay, uh, in sixth place, we have Dane Evans of Hamilton. Breakout could be on the way for Dane Evans, who completes. Okay, now this is a team that everybody is arguing is number one in the league with the best record and everything else, yet their quarterback gets placed in sixth place. That's a bit of a head scratcher. So we're just going to move on. And uh, in seventh place for both this week and last is the law office of McLeod Bethel Thompson in Toronto. And this one really gets me. Chris Strebler is in eighth place, yet Winnipeg is in first. How does that go around? Because obviously it's not Matt Nichols that's making this team win. Um, how do we have a 10th place guy here? I don't understand this. Okay, Jonathan Jennings is in ninth place, although, um, okay, well, he just is. And in 10th place, we have Logan Kilgore. Now, how do you have Logan Kilgore? Well, I mean, he's barely played. played he played how, one game last week. Yeah, that was it. So they're going to rate him in 10th place just because he played a game? On one game? It's a little... I mean, how did I he look? Just, I guess they're trying... I mean, he looked okay. I guess they're trying to um, uh, include... Uh, quarterbacks that are playing right now. Yeah, but the, okay, they don't include so the then, injured guys or the yeah. So why was Trevor Harris number three? The good question, the, actually, because because uh, he played last week, I guess. If if he plays and he doesn't finish the game in this this. Kilgore comes in and replaces him. How can he be in third place? Well, I don't know. That's a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. William, what the do you got to say about these quarterback sucks. rankings? They like the them. Article, Good, the bad, or ugly. The article sucks. The article sucks, okay? Let's face it. Um, you know what? Trevor Harris was on was on point for throwing over 6,000 yards this year between, mm-hmm. between the 20-yard lines. With three okay. touchdowns. Right. Um, one thing you missed in your absentee for the last two weeks, Christopher, and I don't know if you're aware of this. I didn't see any Who games is, this weekend, uh, unfortunately. I asked, I asked the question of the panel on Sunday to see if you have the answer. Who, Which quarterback has got beaten up the most this year in the CFL? Buck Pierce? No. Uh, Mike Riley. Right, and guess what? He's the only starter that's still standing. Everybody else has been out. Mm-hmm. Trevor Harris was the was the last one last week. Mike Riley's still standing, and he's gotten beaten yeah. up the most. He's the toughest um, motherfucker in the league. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. It, absolutely, can any argue that one? Well, no. I would still say Buck Pierce was tougher. 
Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that Buck Pierce took some horrendous hits that Mike Riley quite hasn't yet, okay? Well, no, they're illegal now, okay? <laughs> no, a lot of the hits that, that Buck Pierce took that really shook his world were illegal hits. Like the Craig yeah. Butler hit? Uh, that was a beautiful hit. That was absolutely beautiful. And and, and that's 100% on the left tackle. Uh, Anyways, as far as this article goes, and, and, and I've mentioned this the last two weeks too, and you haven't been around or whatever, but you know what? Bo Levi, in my mind, he's not looking that impressive, but there is there is a difference in Calgary's team now. And I don't know if when he walks into the locker room, he gives everybody confidence because he makes he makes everybody accountable and I think that's the difference. And and so I'm not even looking at stats. Let's just look at wins. And he's got two wins under his belt now. Back to back against Edmonton. And uh, you know I I'm not I don't have a problem with him being number one. Um, I, I think uh, I think Cardi Cody Fajardo. I think he should be up there because they have some wins as well. If you just base it on wins, but all these other guys are ranking, they're second string quarterbacks, and and I don't know how you can rank them after two or three or four games. Okay, and if and if you're going to go that far, you might as well throw Nick Arbuckle in there. I know he's not playing right now, but he's not even on the list. Right? No, he's won some games. So, I don't know. I think they, they got on the list. They've got Dom Davis, but they don't have Tony Pajardo. Right. Or sorry, and they've not got Pajardo, uh, Nick Arbuckle. And they've got they've got Jonathan Jennings ranked there, and he's played what two or three games this year. And I think he's I don't played think four. He's, and I don't think he's won any of them, has he? Well, no. Okay, so how do you how do you put him anywhere? Well, so, I, I, I my know. question is is how do you 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 rank him last? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in in a position that he deserves. Uh huh. Okay. I'm actually surprised that they didn't place Logan Kilgore higher than Jonathan Jennings, because that yeah, actually would have been played, comical. He's only played one game, and he I lost. know, and you could you could rank him higher. <laughs> I mean, for that matter, let's put let's put uh, let's put Zach Kolaris on the list. He's played for three minutes this year, hasn't he? I mean. It's a dumb article. It's a, Sorry, it's a it's a it's a dumb article. It is without question. I mean, yeah, we're talking about a lot of backup quarterbacks playing right now. It doesn't take much to be number one on this list. Not really, no. You know, and no offense to to Bo Levi here, but it really you, it you doesn't take have, much. You have to have a you have to have a pulse, and you had to throw at least three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, and, you know, you're 100% correct that the Calgary Stampeders are a better team with him. 
okay? And I'll admit that. If you go back in memory, back to the 2013 season, uh, and take Darian Durant, who is barely a mediocre quarterback, and, and, and won a Grey Cup. But then the next year, he goes down. Calgary is playing, or Saskatchewan is playing very well, and Durant goes down, and every asset, every aspect of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders team tanks. Okay? It's not the offense doesn't make it. The defense falls apart. The special teams falls apart. Everything on that team just fell apart. Durant got injured. Okay? And he never really came back. Um, and nor did the team. But it, it was just one of those things. It's just like, oh my God, he was such an instrumental part of that team. But it wasn't because of his football ability. It was because of the blind faith leadership that the team was following him like a messiah. And it worked. And it worked for them. Okay, I mean, it had a lot to do with Corey Sheets not being on the team anymore as well. But, um, yeah, so I, I believe that, you know, just it might not be pure and sheer talent that make, turns a team around like that. Because obviously it's not because the BC Lions would be at top of the league right now. So, anyhow. Deep sigh. Phil, you want to jump in on this one? QB rankings? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a stupid article, you guys. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, yep. while he may very well be the best quarterback in the league, he's only been back for two weeks, and he's put up, in particular last weekend, very pedestrian numbers. Uh, very, very low passing rating. But he's shown leadership. He's shown he's got the intangibles. And maybe he, deserve, he belongs in the top for that and for his past record. But at the same time, they put on the list this backup quarterback from Edmonton, Logan Kilgore, and there's no Nick Arbuckle, like Will said. So let's throw the article out. It's, it's stupid to begin with. Mm-hmm. But let's, uh, let's just talk about quarterback performance this year a little bit. You know, we've, we've all knocked Trevor Harris for, for low percentages in the, uh, in the red zone this season. But, you know... <clears throat> He threw him for 3,700 yards. He had 15 touchdown passes and four interceptions. He had thrown an interception on less than 1% of his passes this year. That's unheard of in the CFL. That's absolutely unheard of. Like, he threw a lot of passes. Now, he threw a lot of short passes, but... And Matt Nichols is the same way, though. Yes, yes. But, he protects but, the know, ball very well, little, but then he doesn't throw it. Yep. We were a little hard, I think, on Trevor Harris for, for some of his statistics in, in the red zone because he, he did throw a lot of touchdown passes already. Now, now I just want to... Where'd you go, Phil? Phil, your battery died. Did we lose him again? We lost him. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely gone. That's a good thing. Nope. He was going to start talking about Cody Fajardo. So, <laughs> okay, so let's move on before he comes back. Um, Charles, do you have anything to add to this? Can we? No, I, I just, uh, I just find that this is a very subjective list that they put together here, and it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason. Like we said, why is Logan Kilgore on the list? 
and uh, Nick Arbuckle's not on the list. Why is Dominic Davis off the list? He's played a fair number of games this year. Um, first of all, I think guys like Chris Trevler and even McLeod Bethel-Thompson are kind of low on this list. Uh, they both played. I would agree I with both that. Of them, both of them have played pretty well. And um, I, I, I know we're um, – Phil was going when talking about Trevor Harris, but you know what? You got to put up points. It's not anyone can have success in a lot of yards throwing between the twenties. It's what you do in, when you get into the red zone that really makes or breaks a quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, you can put up a lot of uh, yards in the uh, in between the twenties, but let's see you um, let's see you put some points up. Okay, we're gonna. I'm. I, I hate the statistic, Charles. I hate it when a quarterback has a lot of touchdown passes or doesn't have a lot of touchdown passes. Because um, if you look at Matt Nichols, okay, and as an example, they rush, they run the ball into the end zone. They don't throw it in. So his TD passes are not the same as what other people are. Okay? Yep. And, and – you know, you could you could throw for 104 yards, and your guy be tackled at the one yard line, and then it's a rushing play to put the ball in the end zone, and that quarterback didn't get credit for the 104 yard out of the end zone going and running the field in 15 plays. Mm-hmm. You got to give the quarterbacks credit for that, but we don't because it wasn't a passing touchdown. So he, his touchdown numbers are down, and I'm not pointing my finger at any particular quarterback, but that just because his touchdown numbers are down doesn't mean that the offense is sputtering. So we say that his production in the 20s isn't all that good because he doesn't get a lot of touchdown passes in the 20s. But also the team fails because they don't put the ball in the end zone. And if you remember a couple of years, three years back, Winnipeg was really bad with this. Justin Medlock set a record for the most field goals of any kicker in the season. To me, that is a telltale sign that your quarterback sucks. And they haven't changed him yet. Because it, it is it, it is what it is. It's, you you, you got to put the ball in the end zone. And I don't care whether it's through the air or on the ground. But if you're kicking it through the uprights, you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Phil, yep. you're back online Go here. Back. Your mic is opened again. And let's let's see what happens. So uh, I was <laughs> leading into a question for all of you. Do you know who leads the CFL in touchdown passes and who is second in passing yards and has a very respectable fifth or sixth in efficiency rating at 97.4? Cody Fajardo. McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Oh, okay. He's actually number two. touchdown passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second in total yards, only behind Trevor Harris. And he wasn't the starter. To begin the season, yeah. No, he wasn't. It was uh, Franklin. So he's he's actually you know only what? played played eleven out games. Of all, out of all the new 
quarterbacks this year, he has impressed me the most. He just looks like an old man. He is an old man. He's 31 years old, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. He kicked around the NFL for a long time, if I, if I know, remember right. Yeah, he's 31. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he just looks like State. an old man. It's just kind of funny as a rookie sort of thing. There is one. Um, yeah. I mean, Mike Riley's number three. And he's not really failing in touchdown passes either. He's got 10. Well, he's throwing every pass for the BC Lions this year, I think. Okay. Uh, no, Duron Carter actually threw a touchdown pass, if you, I remember correctly. That's correct. You're right about that. Yep. So Duron Carter is actually the best quarterback in the CFL. He, 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 well, no, but Rob Maver is two for two. For he just didn't get any touchdowns out of it, did he? I don't believe no, he so, didn't. no. Rob Maver didn't get a touchdown. Carter got a touchdown. Oh, no. Carter didn't get the touchdown out of that. No, it was just a 55-yard pass play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a wonderful pass play, but it was kind of funny. Okay. 56, 55, something like that. Okay. Let's ditch the quarterback scene. And the Bombers' depth was on display during the Banjo Bowl. Do they have the best best depth in the CFL? No. I'm still giving that one to Calgary. Calgary still gets beat up and comes up. Uh, you know, they lost their quarterback and they lost their number one running back and they beat Saskatchewan. Are we saying that Saskatchewan is like the the big powerhouse, that this was a statement game by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? No. We've kind of agreed on that that that's not what we're talking about here. So, yeah, I'm hard-pressed to say that they have the best depth. I don't think anybody on that team is going to replace Andrew Harris. It's just not going to happen. So, Okay. Um, Will, you take a stab at this. Bombers well, best depth in the CFL? I'm still going Calgary. They have better depth than they've ever had. I'll give them that. Okay. In a long time. In a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they they not only Harris and, 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 and Nichols, but... Uh, They've put in a couple of receivers a couple of times this year, and it showed their depth. And, yeah, they definitely have better depth than they've ever had. You can't you can't win in the CFL unless you have depth. Okay? And they've been winning, and, yeah, they have better depth. It's just on a weekly basis I hear all kinds of comments coming out of Winnipeg, and and they've been things that – the Stampeders have been saying for ten years, and and I and I have no problem if somebody is trying to emulate a winning organization. And uh, the key, one of the keys that has always been the Calgary, is they have depth. 
and eventually those depth guys turn into starters since Calgary will never sign anybody who's a free agent off their team. And they just they just keep on rolling them by the door, and it seems to work for them. And and like I said, the Bombers definitely have better depth. I mean, you know what? I don't think you missed a lot um, without Harris back there because Augustine has done a good job. And Chris Trevler so, in the last game, so, yeah, he did a good job running as well. So, you know, I, I, they definitely have better depth. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if they can cut, if they can cut somebody like Chris Matthews, to have somebody waiting in the wings that can replace him, obviously that's more productive. And well, that's Lambert guy. As much and doesn't cost as much money. No, that's for Saskatchewan. Not oh, Winnipeg. right. My apologies. My apologies. So, so yeah. So, they definitely have more depth. There's no doubt about it. My question is this. If Strebler gets run over in one of these games and hits the bench, who's the third string guy? I don't even don't know. know. Do they have one? No. I don't know. Some guy named McGuire. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you want to take depth one step further, I do believe there was a time in Calgary where, um, what was it? Garcia was the starter, Dickinson was the second string, and Henry Burris was the third string. You want to talk yep. about depth? Yeah. Okay, like wow. And right before wow. that, they're one. And right before that, they're one, two, three with Flutie, Garcia, and Dickinson. That that's correct. That's correct. So. <coughs> that's, well, that's one time. Depth. BC had Lule and Riley. Uh-huh. And and Buck, and Wasn't Buck, Buck there as well, and Buck. Uh, was that right? No, not with not with Riley. No, no, no. But not in, when Riley 20, was there. In 2010, the Lions had Lule, Riley, and Casey Printers. Oh yeah, that was pretty amazing. I thought yep. I thought Buck and Riley played on the same team. I don't think so. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Anybody else want to jump on the Bombers depth here? Cuz I I think Will kind of summed it up for me anyhow. It's just it's just yeah. not there. Yeah, he's it's not as deep as people think that for those and for the reasons that we'll place. But it is even the best depth back, that the Bombers have had in, in decades. Even at, even at running back, I'm going to be the first guy in Canada to probably say that Harris is a little bit overrated after we, what we've seen out of uh, Augustine. That offensive line is a good running offensive line. It, you know, it's great. Everybody looks for tackles that can protect the quarterback. But they've got a couple of tackles that can really produce the rushing game for for them in Hardrick and, and Bryant. 
Okay. And they're in the depth. What? What? What did you say their third string quarterback's name was? His last name is McGuire. Okay, so they, they'd really have destruction if Barry McGuire was their quarterback, right? Nobody got that one. Yeah, show Barry me Barry McGuire. Barry McGuire, don't you know who Barry McGuire is? He sang is a song the called the, the Eve of Destruction. The Green oh, oh, that's oh. right. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, that's Eastern right. Eastern world, it is exploding. Violence yep. flaring, bullets loading. Okay, sorry. Anyhow. Thank you. Josiah St. John has signed with the BC Lions. Can the former first-round pick still be effective on the O-line, or are there other factors preventing him from success? I don't know pre- preventing him from success. Uh, I don't think that the Lions O-line is going to be fixed by a piece. It has to be a mindset shift. And that may be coming with Kelly Bates in there. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan of Brian Chu being the coach there on the O-line, but I do like Kelly Bates. I think that he is bringing some stability and some credibility to the the O-line, and it obviously seemed to be working in the last game. Um, they were only sacked twice. So Josiah St. John was a bit of a bust. This is the guy who held out and held out and held out because he wanted to make big bucks in his first year as a number one draft pick. He wanted to be paid stupid money, in my opinion. Was it 150k or something he wanted? As an unproven draft pick. And he held out and held out and wasted training camp and then literally got released. Proving that not all college players play well in the biggies. Is he going to make a difference in BC, Charles? He certainly has the potential. He was a, a first overall pick for a reason. Uh, he's got the pedigree, played at a big time U.S. college down in Oklahoma State. But the guy clearly has an attitude, and um, he wasn't getting the job done in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan got rid of him because he wasn't um, uh, he wasn't uh, what they were needing in an offensive line. Now, could that be system? Who knows? So, I mean, can he be uh, a positive influence? Sure he can. But, I mean, he's got to come in, he's got to play the system, and he's got to get back to what made him successful in college. So, um, can he be a a big piece? Sure. But uh, he could. It's possible. But right now the jury is out on him. Are are we saying anything different about about, – St. John that we did about uh, Brett Boyko and 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 has that Not been really, a wondrous no. has that been the one addition to the BC Lions? Another one that, that's another one that hasn't worked um, yeah. true that those are both ones I mean Brett Boyko is another guy that just quite frankly hasn't uh, panned out uh, I think we finally start to see why this guy bounced around in the US and down in the AAF and so on um, so I mean St. John uh, couldn't get 
couldn't keep his job with the Riders, so there was obviously a reason for that. Now, like I said, is it a, a system thing? We don't know. Um, maybe it just wasn't uh, – some players, it's just not a fit for him. So uh, I guess we've got to wait and see uh, if he's able to um, provide uh, any better uh, production here in BC than he did in Regina. Well, I mean, you look at the BCO line right now. You got Brett Boyko, you've got Suk Chung, you've got uh, Josiah St. John. Although they, you know, they haven't all established themselves as as premier linemen. Obviously, Suk Chung has, but um, the talent level of the BC Lions O line is amazing. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're setting a record for most tack, uh, most sacks in a season. Is it because of the system that uh, Brian Chu had in there, and does Kelly Bates make the, make this a better O line? Well, that's what we're going to wait and see. If now, if we come in in the next two games, they're only giving up one and two sacks, uh, as opposed to the seven that they were giving up. Well, then you're going to have to start asking yourself, well, was uh, was um, What's his name? Uh, Brian Chu, the issue. Was it was his system just not very good? I mean, I, I don't want to say that right, right away because we've only had really one game where Kelly Bates has, uh, was the um, in charge of the offensive line, so I think we've got to see a few more. But if they put out uh, performances like they did against Montreal, you have to start wondering that. Is... Josiah St. John going to make a difference? Yes or no? Until he shows me, um, until he shows it to me, I'm going to say no. But, I mean, okay. I could, my mind can be changed on that. William? Um, I, I don't He's been an okay starter in the CFL for the most part. He's always been the the backup offensive lineman, depending on what the Lions system is. Maybe he is going to help them. But, I mean, you know, once again, there goes the debate that I have all the time. Is it system or is it player? Because I don't think, uh, I don't think Suk Chung has played that well this year either. Just like uh, just like Mika Johnson in Saskatchewan hasn't played that well, and once again it goes back to was it the system they were in or was it the player? Sook Chung was great with the Bombers, but the Bombers, I would argue with anybody, they probably have the best offensive line in the CFL. And did he? You can hide a you can hide a guard on an offensive line like that. So will he make a difference in in BC? Maybe he's just a little bit better than what they have. So you never know. Suk Chung is a run blocker. If the Lions were yeah. running the ball, he would be amazing in that position. Um, it's hard to compare an old lineman because they are so reliant on their neighbor. You know, you can bring in a, a, a receiver 
and he makes an absolute amazing difference on on a football team. Or you can bring in a running back, or you can bring in a DB. But an O-lineman, you almost have to bring in the whole O-line. If BC had imported the entire Winnipeg Blue Bombers O-line from last year, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. But just bringing one piece over doesn't make it better. The instincts aren't there. You know, the, the dependability on your neighbor. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I really have a problem with bringing in an all-star alignment. And, you know, Saskatchewan failed miserably by bringing in over Derek Dennis. Remember that? And yep. But, an, uh, but an, an all-star in Calgary goes to Saskatchewan, falls on his face, comes back to Calgary, and plays well. Yep. Okay, is that because he's playing in a system that he excels in, or is it because he's playing with compatible people on each side of him, or is it both? Because to, to cherry-pick one player off an amazing old line doesn't do it justice, and it's proved over and over again that it doesn't work. Paying Suk Chung 260k to come over and be an old lineman in BC was stupid. Yep. Phil, just kick at the cat. Go ahead. Well, I think that Josiah St. John is a good pickup for the Lions, uh, and can provide some depth at the very least. He, of course, set his career back because he had a bad agent, uh, Hardaway, is it? Yeah. And uh, and uh, he really set himself back. And then and then a timely injury set him back even further. And he only started about four games in his career in Ryderville. And uh, but I gotta say the, the two or three games he started in October last year, he looked pretty solid. And you make a really good point, Will, that you can hide an offensive lineman and everything you said about Soup Chung working so well in Winnipeg. Uh, may, we're starting to see it in 2019 in Winnipeg. That offensive line is so good. Soup Chung may not have been the high-paid free agent that he should have been because he was playing alongside a pretty solid line. But just you know, there's been so much talk about the BC Lions offensive line one of the one of the strangest things that I've seen and we haven't talked about this year is that they have an import playing center in Philip Norman. And I don't know exactly what's behind that, using up an import spot at center, but Because they didn't have anybody else. I, I, I can see that. And if you have an offensive line that is uh the worst offensive line in the CFL Using up an import spot at center just doesn't seem to be money well paid or or assets well placed, in my opinion. That's that's all I got about it. They they really they they haven't had a a center in what three years, and it, it's it is the most important position on the team, one of, okay, and. They 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 haven't developed anybody for it, and that's been a, 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 their Achilles' heel on the O line for sure. Yeah. This year, now it's just being a sieve. But yeah. 
I mean, a quarterback cannot play quarterback when he's picking the ball off the ground. True. And and how many times did that happen with Cody Hunter? You know. You know, and, and Norman has a big responsibility, and you know we're we're seeing some breakdowns, and I, I you know I'm not saying it's I'm not saying you should try to focus on him, but. Gee, it seems to be a, a, on my list of things that I would be focusing on is is just how is my center picking up these blitzes, and uh, you know before the snap of the ball, um, and making adjustments for the offense uh, in their blocking schemes. So uh, like maybe some attention should be paid to him. My two cents. Okay, moving on from uh, Josiah St. John signing in BC. We have Riders punter John Ryan. I love this. This absolutely made my day. Um, gets into it with Riders play-by-play, new new play-by-play man, uh, Derek Taylor. Now, Derek Taylor is a stats guy, and he's been with TSN, and he has played, uh, you know, all sorts of things. All He plays the, the entire league, right? I mean, everything else. Now he's come back or he's come into Saskatchewan, and he has to be the guy. And we're talking about into an area that there is no forgiveness. This is These are rabid fans. And he's come in, and he's done this. And it's just like, whoa. So he puts out a list of what the um, punters have done this year. And... John Ryan, who is the NFL retiree here, who's come up here to play just a little bit, uh, is in ninth place. Okay, ninth place, uh, and and sandwiched by two BC guys. Uh, Ottawa Richie Leone is number one. Uh, Liam Hiralahu number two. Justin Medlock's number three. Rob Mavers in four. Hugh O'Neill in five. I don't know Pfeiffer's first name. Uh, Boris Beatty's in, in seventh. And then there's a BC, Medeiros, and John Ryan, and then Bartell. Uh, and this this is purely stats. This is purely based on what the, um, the punt, it goes 34 yards and gets run, returned 32 yards. The punt was really only two. Okay, according to Derek Taylor. But the bitch here is, should Derek Taylor be putting out a list like this that makes the Saskatchewan Rough Riders punter look poorly? Is he now supposed to be the flag waver that uh, Rod Peterson always was, regardless of whether or not he was right, regardless of whether or not the riders deserved it, Rod Peterson was the go boy. Uh, We shit on him often for his loyalty to the riders when they didn't deserve it. Um, And, uh, but now that he's gone and that was because of Craig Reynolds, that now we have a new guy in there, Derek Taylor and Derek Taylor, who has been a CFL wide guy, not just any specific team and from Winnipeg, um, 
he's not waving the flag, the rider flag, the way that a lot of fans think he should. And he got ripped on the Rod Peterson show today. I don't know if anybody watched it or listened to it. Uh, it Yeah, yeah, Rod just ripped him, and so did the two guys on the panel. Uh, Yeah, they just basically said that it was time for – Derek Taylor has to be waving the flag regardless of how the team is doing. So they want him to destroy any credibility he has because it's his job to shine a a, a fair-colored light on the riders. Now, do you guys believe that the play-by-play guy is supposed to blow sunshine, rainbows, unicorns up rider fans' ass? regardless of how the team is playing. Because I'll tell you, the BC Lions play-by-play guys don't do that. They trash the team just as much as anybody else. So why do the Ryder fans expect to be lied to? Phil, take this one. Why can't they be objective? Or or why is Taylor not allowed to be objective? Well, you know, and and Derek Taylor, to be fair, he was was actually replying to a tweet when he threw this out. It was a couple of other uh, newsmen, uh, Balzi, who also works for the same radio station, and, and a guy at Global Television Regina who requested the information on Twitter. And uh, he just posted it. He didn't say anything about it other than say, wish it could be better news for the riders. And, of course, it's the net yards. And John Ryan shows up as ninth in net yards. Now, John Ryan, if you also take those stats and look at gross yards, John Ryan is first in the CFL. So, you know, and we all know that can come from lack of hang time, but John Ryan has a hang time. Uh, we know it can come from poor coverage teams. Well, that's not John Ryan's fault. So there's a little defense for John Ryan and a little defense for Derek Taylor as well. Uh, this has got blown out of proportion by uh, Three Down Nation even worse. John Ryan should never have replied to this, though. He he uh, he certainly uh, can be, uh, well, you know, kickers and punters. They're different people, right? So they, they can be triggered. But uh, I think it's a smaller story than, than, it, than it seems like or the, or the national attention that it got. got. And uh, as for Derek Taylor, I think he's done a great job replacing Rod Patterson. I, I think he's probably the only guy that I can think of that could have done the job. And uh, I think also Rod Peterson's doing a great job with his new show as well on Facebook. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. It's some of the, the best football watching you're going to do during a week as far as podcasts, etc. other than this show, of course. That's all I got. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Davis does a pretty good job with the waggle. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, no, I am actually enjoying Rod Peterson's new show, new format, new everything else, and and the new Rod Peterson because he's not married to the riders. He doesn't feel the need 
to to blow sunshine and rainbows up their ass. Uh, although he still does, he's he's still got this massive loyalty to the riders, even though they kicked him in the nuts and threw him on the side. Um. Yeah. Okay, William. What's your thoughts? I know, punters are people. They're just not football players. Did I say that? Yeah, you did, actually. I've got you quoted right there. Well, that's what I was going to say anyways. So, I mean, I still believe they're not people. And that's especially for... No, they're, for, they're uh, people. They're not football players. They're, that's they are right. People. That's, especially for, that's especially for Mr. McCallum in uh, BC, okay? Um, uh, I, I don't really have much to say about kickers okay they're part of the game they're a necessary part of the game and most of them do a good job well that's the only job you have to do why wouldn't you do a good job right so well, I'm not sure that was fair but why it's the only job they have to do kick the yeah. ball they should be good at it Okay, should be good at it. It's 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 the smallest part of a team where it's the I would think it's the easiest part of a team with twelve guys involved. You know what I mean? All you got to do is block the man in front of you, and this guy kicks the ball. Simple. I've always tried to take things that were complicated and bring them down to very simple things and I think in a kicker's place that's what this is so why is it so hard to get a good one I I don't know if it is Mm. and what's your definition of a good kicker Ty Long okay well AFC special teams player of the week Right, I heard that. I heard that. Um, you know, for example, I'm thinking Edmonton has the best field goal kicker because that's all they do is kick field goals, and he usually makes them. Yeah, well, that, the other you could teams, say the same thing about other, Winnipeg with Medlock. Right, right, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think kickers are that hard to find. Just saying. I mean... I mean, when was the last time you said, oh, that team would be much better if they had a better kicker? When was the last time you said that? Nope. Nope. Right? Nope. Never. It's that simple. You know, maybe, you know, who said it? Uh, Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Uh that motivational speaker, the big one, the biggest one around. What's his name? Tony Robbins. The big dude. Huh? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. You I know, one, of, one, of, one of his sayings is, is you want to take over the island, you burn the boats. Okay? So if I'm, if I'm a head coach, I don't have a kicker on my team. That means my team has to score touchdowns. Period. Interesting. I haven't uh-huh. heard that before. I like that. 
Huh. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite Tony it's one of my favorite Tony Robbins sayings. Yeah, but it it's not his. I mean that's what the No, I know um, I know it's not his. I know it I and I've never looked to see who who originally coined it, but it's a pretty good thought. Well, it's what Christopher Jones did. Okay. Now, see, you, you, I've stumped you. Do you know who the most famous Christopher Jones is? It's not no. me, and it's not I, the the former coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Christopher Jones no, was the captain sure. of the Mayflower. Right. Okay. So when he brought the pilgrims over here, they burned their boats so they couldn't go home. I think Christopher Columbus right. did it too. A but, lot of um, people did it. There was a lot of it was a important thing to do back then is because there would be a mutiny, there would be a lot of different things, there would be, you know, chaos and havoc. The the boat either left or they burned it. So yeah, you right. can't can't credit Tony Robbins with that, but he's just definitely using it. Yes. But I, I would love to experiment with that. Wouldn't you think a team would get better at scoring touchdowns if they didn't have a kicker? You need a punter or a kicker or both? Both. Both. Well, you'd have to you'd have to have a punter. Why? Why? Well, if you're third down and 15 on your own eight-yard line, you don't want to be going for it. That you, more often than not, you're going to be uh, giving them over the ball deep in your own end. I understand the field goal kicker part, but you hire you hire guys who who love pressure. That's pressure. Fair enough. Okay. That's pressure, so, all right. Yeah, I I I understand what Will's saying here. I'm not sure that it makes a lot of sense, but it has a lot of merit. Okay? If you're punting from your eight, you're giving up the kind of field position that is going to get points either way. Burn your ass. You're better off to give the safety up. Okay, so now, and I know you can't compare high school to any any other sport, but my first year of high school football, we did not, we did not kick we did not kick one field goal, nor did we kick a convert. Yeah, neither okay. did we. So, you go for it. Go for it. I like it. I, I, I think this has merit. Okay, I, 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 Blog Talk Bitch wants me to go away. In, uh, eight, in 1519, Captain Hernaz Cortez landed in Veracruz to begin his great conquest. Upon arriving... He gave the order to his men to burn the boat, burn the ships. As I imagined it, someone then laughed, and Cortez promptly thrust his sword through the man's chest. After which, the rest proceeded to get hammered on rum by the glow of the blaze. Okay, so that's the end of that one. Uh, where's my blog talk? I've lost my blog talk. Oh shit! There it is. Okay, uh, this has been <laughs> this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number three hundred and your host Christopher Jones, and we've talked football. Actually, I've had a lot of fun tonight, guys. It uh, show went by really fast. 
and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, great game of uh, week of weekend of football coming up with only three games. Make sure you watch them. We'll see you guys Sunday night. Um, Charles, say good night real quick. We got thirty seconds. Uh, good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will talk to you on Sunday night. Phil. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the football this weekend. Boycott average. Do you know why I put Will last all the time, Phil? You know why. Because as soon as he says good night, goodbye, everybody. he hangs up. <laughs> go good night, Will. everybody. And go Owls. Go Owls. <laughs>